everybody, welcome to episode 54 of the NFP podcast presented by 3D Entertainment. The NFP podcast is brought to you by Riverside Dodge, the official truck sponsor and dealership of the show, as well as Hooked Up Enterprises as the official in-arena gear of the NFP podcast, and Wrangler, the official clothing sponsor of the show. Wrangler, long live the Cowboys. What's up, everybody? It's been so long, I fucking didn't have that... In my head, I was almost messed up that intro pretty steadily there, but we got her lined out. It's been a minute. We know not all of us are back in action. Scotty's busy on the haybine, but we got Jason Davidson and myself here. So, Jason, what is up, boss? How's things? Going, going, LT. It's going. Kind of starting to pick up here again. We're only a few short weeks away for the from the back half, rolling into – these cup events and then into Rogers place for the big shoe, the big finale. Hell yeah. It's been a good year. It's been a busy year. That's for sure. With all the different events going on, we've talked about kind of being short of guys at a lot of different events, but I think all in all, they've been, uh, they've been, it's been a great year considering where we were this time last year and the year before that. So there's no complaints on the busyness of the schedule other than maybe we are just short a few guys to, to fill up some of these events, but events are making dudes having some two headers, different shit like that. But all around, what did you, what do you think so far of the, of the year up here in Canada? It's, it's been a just back and forth. Who's number one from week to week, you know, beaver butter. Uh, We haven't seen Koi here for a while, but uh, he's not that far out. He led for a bit. Blake Smith's been down South with teams. Um, you know, I don't know what his plans are for these last few events. Um, but yeah, there's a ton of points left, you know, five events, uh, three of them are two day events. So there's going to be plenty of opportunity for a lot of guys. And then there's some guys on the bubble that got to get in. There's only going to be 18 guys out of our standings qualify for Edmonton. Aussies coming over, um, to make building 20. So um, but you know what? We'll see the CPRA schedule close off and be done here in another two weeks, and then it's just PBR. Just straight PBR after that. So a couple of things on that. Uh, what a, There's 10 points right now after Armstrong. I know we've been gone for a long time. we got to talk about uh, Stavely, all the different events, Bowden. There's been a whole bunch of them that go on. But uh, the, the Canada Cup events. With ten points separating first place, what is a what are the what's the point structure for like winning a Canada Cup event? This is where it'll all kind of come down to, right? These last few events. Yeah, after forty percent of them, I think it's hundred, hundred on a two day, or I think one hundred twenty points. Yeah. I should know that, shouldn't I? <laughs> to use their own. <laughs> There's a lot of shit that you got, like you get you bring up on this fucking thing, and you do know it, and then it's like. Fuck, I can't think of it. Then you got to go back yeah. and look. You feel like, yeah. like an idiot. I'm on my computer right now. I can't look. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So it's all going to come down to the the cup events to finalize the year, which we start Lethbridge, Grand Prairie, Medicine Hat, Saskatoon. Boom, right into to Edmonton. So Yorkton. Don't forget about Yorkton. Two header. It'll be a two header, two day event. Yorkton, which that'll uh, that'll. That'll be as many points if you if you did well there as a one day. What's the dates of Yorkton? Is that start of November again? It's before. Yeah, the, yeah, it is. Hey? Yeah, right over top of Red Deer's CFR. So that'll be a big. That'll be you know you'll you'll lose guys to the CFR. So somebody like Logan Beaver who's on the outside of the CFR 
looking in. It's kind of a battle right now for that Canadian, uh, for the CFR too, between Logan Beaver, Todd Kadowitz, Butters, Butter. um, Tyler Craig. Just view those guys right on that bubble that there's only going to be a couple of them that do it. So a guy well, like let's Beaver. Let's just have a look. Let's just like have a look. Beaver, if he doesn't get enough money in to make that CFR, he then could go to Yorkton, which would mean those other guys are not Yorkton. He could rack up a bunch of points to go for that Canadian title, right? So, yeah, yeah. Nick Tetz, Wyatt Gleason. Yep. Um, well, Wyatt, if I think Wyatt had a decent weekend in twisting, man, he can spurt, but he's yeah. also now he's also moved right into the uh contention to get be our Canada's finals yeah and I've talked to Wyatt and he is planning to uh to go to these fall cup events so that's a guy to look out for from the outside looking in Chad Hartman a guy on the outside looking into that top 22 will be a big um yeah yeah you know you got a guy like Griffin Schmelzer who should be there but he's only been to nine events he's been down south competing on the teams that's that's him uh Dawson Shannon in 17 basically Dawson Shannon's last hole right now not sure on our boy Ashton Sully how sore he's gonna be Jake Gardner you know he's gonna chip away here he's gonna be uh ready to go but yeah why Gleason's 23rd not far he's not far behind he's basically two scores away from making it I think Ashton's having to have a surgery so I think he's done for the season if I yeah. uh, if I remember correctly, talking to him, but um, yeah, so it'll be good. It'll be interesting, interesting to fucking uh, follow along with not just the Canadian title race, but to get into both uh, the finals for the CFR and for the uh, PBR Canada, and then the big bonus for the Canadian champion at the end of the year can be good to watch. It's cool to see Beaver, a guy that we've talked about him on this podcast, but a guy that's was on the edge of quitting, didn't show yeah. up there at the la- end of the year, right? turns yep. things around now he's in uh in uh in contention for his first canadian championship so i like that story it'll come back take a little bit get your fucking head right and come back and go yep. for not just not go for just coming back and taking it easy and just trying to get into the finals but going for first place which is what you uh, got to do in this sport well and how about three times baron roy just you know, not going away either he's only 127 points yeah it this could be, you know, Lonnie West is healthy again. He's sitting in seventh place with 11 events, riding 50. He's only 150. There's lots picking and moving. And there's lots, Lonnie as well on the rodeo side of things too. He's second, I think, in Canada, and he's only been to yeah. 13 rodeos or something too. So for a guy like Lonnie that's dealt with injuries throughout his career, dealt dealing with injuries again this year, Fucking making it count when it when it's time to make it count shows the skills it's, that that guy really has. Yeah, absolutely. Team stuff. Uh, how's things going there? I know you've been a super fucking busy guy moving into the agency side of things with the team aspect. What's been shaking? We fucking missed you. I think the last two. I don't know. We missed you for lots. But uh, catch us up. How's the team stuff going? How's the guys? How's that all kind of going along? Well, it would have been great if it would have got done right after the draft, like I anticipated, but you know, it, it rolled right. Well, I still have two left. They're sitting on my desk. We got to tweak a couple things and then done, finally. 20, 24 of them, 24 contracts. Beauty. Just a couple. Yeah. 
Well, I think it's going good for the guys. They're happy. Uh, went down to Nashville. I guess I haven't talked to you since then, have I? Yeah. Went to Nashville and watched the event. Uh, How was uh, Nashville? How was that event? How is it different than good. the normal events? Like, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good? It's it's good. They've done a good job how they set it up. The whole arena perimeter is digital signage, like it's digital board. They change out the team signage on each side. So um, normally you have a right hand and a left hand delivery. Now you have a right hand shoot and a left hand delivery on each side. So your wow. team stays as a team and the opposition team is on the other side. So you're not back and forth. I think that was, uh, I think that was one of the, I noticed the most that I, I thought was right where you're, you're with your group. You got your, you got your teammates, right? on your shoot behind you, cheering you on, talking you on. And as soon as somebody gets off, they are boom. They are right on the back of the shoot. Unless they're catchered out, those guys are you know, right there helping the next guy on. So cool. Um, you know, and if you follow any of the teams on social media, they're doing so much stuff. To, you know, and you, you take a uh, group, let's use the gamblers, for example, uh, you know, the best guy in the world in Lemme and with him and hang out with him and and you know see how he lives his life you can't tell me that isn't good for mind and your career um yeah i just i like it i i hope it i hope it's got some legs and keep going i think there's i think there's something there. yeah that is something to, to be said you see like we talked to colton fritzlin there last week and same thing just being around the, your teammates and just 100% of the time thinking about bull riding and talking about bull riding, which you kind of have that within your friend group, but not necessarily within a team and with fucking Lemme or your, those top tier guys and then your coaches and then everybody else that's involved with your team it just elevates your mindset so much to be able to, to go into the weekends prepared and ready to win. And you're seeing it with the riding percentages. I think you see a guy like Ezekiel Mitchell that his riding percentage was very low coming into the teams and then now look at it. Yeah. You know, it's one of yeah. the best in the league, right? So Yeah, that MVP race is going to be interesting. You know, it looked a week ago. That's bull riding for you, though. It looked a week or prior to uh, um, the Nashville? Nashville, the last one? No, Austin. Austin. Prior, yeah. to, prior to Austin, it looked like uh, Lemme was going to run away with that. And Dalen rides, you know, he rides three and, and Lemme only rides one. So there, there's two scores, but he's still, I think he's still two bull rides ahead of him. So it's, and it's not tough to follow. You just add the score. You know, there's nothing confusing about it. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it was good. And I'll tell you what, that Nashville crowd, it was good on Friday. I guess Saturday was cold. I got out of there Saturday morning. Saturday was near sold out, but when they announced the Nashville Stampede, man, they got behind their team and it was, it, yeah, was cool. good. it was good. I didn't have to put my flak jacket on like Sean suggested I should maybe do getting around those GMs, but <laughs> I got to meet most everybody. It was good to meet the, some of the Brazilian guys, you know, I've been communicating with them lots here in the last three months and I'd never met a lot of them before. Got to meet all the guys and um, yeah, it was, it was a good time. Yeah. Nashville. Highly recommend the visit there. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. You only stayed a night? One night? Two nights. Two nights. Two nights. Uh, oh, you probably didn't yeah. get the full send that you're doing business. Well, I went, uh, I walked right out of Bridgestone Arena Friday night and it was full on, man. It was oh, yeah. so downtown Thursday night was still busy. I had a, I had an hour 
Thursday where I wasn't doing too much and I was only three blocks away. I just walked down and at 10 in the morning, yeah. they're just every bar, every floor has a band going 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rock and then it must be the uh, Stagat capital of the world. I think mm-hmm. I must have saw 27 <laughs> bridal parties wearing the same t-shirts and matching cowboy boots and everything. So yeah, it was good. But I, when I walked out of Bridgestone Friday night, it was full on. Like it's fucking game on. Lined up, fun. lined up from one lineup to the next. It, like, it looked like a constant lineup all the way down both sides of Broadway. You get into one bar and out the other. Yeah. Yeah, I always found it fucking totally wild how they could have, like you say, the, those bars and they have like three levels to them and there's different bands playing on all levels. It'd be a fucking sound person's nightmare, but they pull it off. You don't, you can't hear the the other band playing or anything like that. So it's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And I've always said people are, well, it's changed now a lot over the last probably 10 years, but it, it's not like commercialized as much. I heard that maybe it is now, maybe in the last few years, but I know when I was going there, five six years ago all those years it was like rock and roll and it wasn't like country music like pop country is on the radio right now it's every type of music kings of leon came from fucking nashville like yeah you know it's it's just music it's all fucking genres of music it's for anybody no i it's pretty laid back down there it's it's a cool spot like um i will return nashville Mm -hmm. for sure i'll uh we'll make a holiday out out of it i was wondering that about the shoots that you brought that up that's kind of cool i was uh, the last actually like two three podcasts i've been had that wrote down to talk about but i never got to it but i didn't understand how it worked because it looked like you say that now it makes sense that there's a a delivery one delivery on each side and then that team just stays on that shoot it looked like there was bulls out of a right that were right in the fucking corner like you turn back yeah so there's only two bucking shoots aside not three not not your typical three and yeah. then they change out, uh, they've got a big team logo that goes up. It's all LED. Like yeah. the lead up alley signs, they're all LED. They actually fell over in Kansas City. <laughs> Somebody got bucked off on the wall and it was a little bit hairy. Bullfighter tried to get through and the bull whacked the, the fence and the whole like domino just all fell. The whole line wow. of 90 <laughs> feet of it just flopped down into the dirt. <laughs> I wonder if Steve and Chris, if we could talk them into lying in the arena in Lethbridge with LED screens. Fuck. I wonder and if the they get wrecked, is... sorry, we're not covering the costs. Yeah, no insurance. You're on your own. Fuck. I do like that act, that aspect, though, that your team is the only people on that shoot. That's fucking way better, right? Yeah. Global Cup. And I don't even know. Get your team there, and there's 9,000 people back there, and you can't get everybody around or you know yeah. how it is on the back of the shoot it's always a pain yeah. in the ass you always have to have security and trying to get people down and get people off and contractors everybody else that's fucking i that's think that's all that's allowed it. back there is your team and the contractor um i i've been watching them online and um now that i think about it i don't think there's you know you don't see anybody back there that's not supposed to be there isn't a guy you know if you went to the event you'd have a credential i don't think you'd no, you don't go on the shoot. That's, that's and it's not be. that easy to Fuck get back there either. It should be because there's yeah. two lead up alleys. Yeah, you're you're basically boxed in with the two lead up alleys. They've got fan gates to get through, and yeah. then once you're through, then they load the bulls. So yeah, you have a time. Your group goes in, and then you get out when your section's over. 
Perfect. That's exactly how it should be. Keep everybody that's not shouldn't be there. It's just trying to watch. Yeah, but it's else. fun watching now. It's really fun watching when you have invested interest like that. You know, you're you don't really cheer for a team. It's no different than hockey. You know, you got your own you guys yeah. competing against each other. You just hope they do good. And in this game, it's real easy. You just got to stay on your bolt. That's all. That's all you're cheering for, guys. Make sure they stay on and make a good ride because a lot of them are being bonus. So you can't really dive into it, but there is, you know, we've seen on the news of Jose Vitor Leme signing the billion dollar contract over the years. Um, Are all teams different on what they're doing with their guys? Is there guaranteed contracts on each team? Is it bonus structures? How is it mostly running for, for the, for the riders? Yeah, they're for the most part. Um, what I can tell you is Lemay's on an island with rightfully so he deserved that. But you know, all the first rounders are are doing very well. You gotta look this is just an eleven event, uh thirteen week season basically. So um, you know, a lot of these guys are making good money in endorsement UTV side plus competing at all those UTB events for the million dollar prize. So they have an opportunity to make basically life-changing money for bull riders twice a season now. So, um, but they're all different. There was nothing really, you know, there's obviously a couple things that are similar from one contract to another, but, oh, the GMs kind of come at you with, you know, what they'd like to do. And some did it differently than others. And there was probably some moments where I wasn't that popular on the other end. Yeah. And, and uh, you know what? I got to give these bull riders credit. They told the line the whole way. They really did. Not one of them wavered. Not one single guy. They were just like, yeah, you, you know, they're all contracted to ride for one year. Signed on. And they're, they're supposed to ride for you. Well, you want them to do extra things. You want them to do this. It's going to cost this. And it's going to be a multi-year deal. Yeah. They all come, they all come to the table to want to talk after a little while. The treatment didn't work for very long when the bull riders island as well. Yeah, yeah. I got to give the bull riders credit. They did, and they're all professionals. These guys, for the most part, some of the younger guys, they just they needed to hear what was going on, and once they heard, then they were they were right on board as well. But you got guys like Aiki and 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 Joao. Um, who else was really good? Luciano, uh, Luciano was great. Dalen, Mason, Taylor, those guys were all they were just awesome. They just Whatever you think, man, you're 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 looking after it. Just make sure I'm looked after. So it's good. And for the most part, I think in in the first year of a, a draft, you know, you got your first overall pick. You'll never get that again. That's your franchise guy. So yeah. I think everybody feels they've got their franchise franchise guys right now. So you want to keep them. Right? Fucking a. I, I can see it getting more uh, in time, though. There'll be. As the GMs, you know, they're not supposed to communicate with each other. I can see them maybe trying to get something more as far as how the contract. That was the hardest part. They're all different. You got to go through every single one of them. It's just not an addendum to mm-hmm. see the deal points. So, um, yeah, lots of fun, man. I might even have a U.S. mental. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas Menthol. Coming home. That's a national story. Coming home from, uh, they got a tobacco shop right in the airport, right in through security. I passed it on the way out, or when I landed, and I thought, oh, perfect. I'll stop there on the way back. 
I get over there and they got a smoking room. You can have a beer in there, a glass of wine or anything. Hey, welcome to America. Right. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I say to the gal, I'm like, what kind of menthols you got? She's like, well, I got this, this, and this. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I said, I'll take a carton of those Marlboros. And she's like, can't do it. I'm like, what? She's like, I only got this. This is what I got left. There's like six packs. And I'm menthols? Like, yeah, <laughs> six left. I'm like, okay, I'll take them. She goes, you must be from Canada. <laughs> six single darts left is all she yeah. has. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She asked her if she sells singles there. She probably did. Probably. Yeah. I know you could buy a single stogie there and go smoke it in. Make me fucking puke thinking of it. Stogies. Um, did you run into Jay Cutler, Miranda Lambert, or George Peros at Nashville by chance? I noticed there was had some celebrity action going on. I did not. The only celebrity I ran into is uh, besides the riders underneath. I got to spend some time with our uh, our friend uh, Shetland nice. this year. Yeah, yeah. Good. yeah. Good. Had a little visit with him, and then our fellow Canadian Kylie uh, Gagnon and I went for dinner, talked bulls for a bit, and uh, other than that, no, it was all business. It really was. I was kind of jammed up for the day and a half I was there, so. Yeah. And exhausted, long day of travel to get there and yeah, longer to get home. Yes. How's Riley Gangnon doing now that he's the livestock director? How's he liking his gig and living in the U.S. and all that? Well, I think living in the U.S. is the easy part. That, um, yeah, his phone's getting blown up, you know, and I think, yeah, he's enjoying it. He enjoyed it a lot. Well, that's good for him. Good to hear that he's rolling along with that Adri riverside dodge riverside dodge in prince albert saskatchewan is home of the award-winning ram truck they are the brand you trust to haul a trailer load of ranked bulls along with your crew up front in the cab whether you want to go check fences or tailgate outside the next pbr event the boys at riverside dodge have the right truck for you riverside dodge is not only the dealer of choice in northern saskatchewan but also sells and services all across western canada You'll see Ty and the gang at Riverside Dodge for a fair, no bullshit deal on your next truck and tell them Tanner sent you. Riverside Dodge in Prince Albert is the official truck dealership and sponsor of the NFP podcast. Fucking. Oh, what if they say JD sent um that that would probably work too i think that okay, they'd be quite check. fine with that or scott scott said yeah they'd be good with that too okay yeah. maybe you'll get just a throw card. nfp maybe out get there somewhere yeah let's just yes. the nfp out there right uh what they we got to get into as we're fucking recording this right now they have just taken down uh miles sanderson and for those that maybe in the u.s or that don't know what's going on about 20 minutes down the road from me here where I live in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, uh, which is why we were a little late jumping on this call to get to it. There was a lot of action going on, but just down the road, uh, there was a mass murder where 11 people lost their lives. Uh, Miles Sanderson, Damian Sanderson, two fellas from the James Cree First Nation went on a fucking killing spree. And one of the most horrific, saddest, unreal, it's like hard to put into words, how bad this was um, and is it's so new and, and fresh to everybody and everybody's mind. It just happened here while, you know, while we're recording this, but uh, Damien, the one was found dead at the scene a day later, RCMP have been hunting this guy down manhunt. And literally, as I said, right before we jumped on this call, they caught him uh, between Hague and Rostern, which is about 45 minutes from my house. There was reports of this guy in uh, Regina after it happened Melfort 
Um, they killed an old feller farmer. Um, yeah. Fucking Weldon. They were just randomly like straight out of a movie when we were hearing about it and it was popping on the fucking on your phones, all the alerts that were going off. Um, it was hard to believe that this is happening right in the backyard. It's fucking unreal crazy. So thoughts and prayers with everybody, uh, the James Creek, everybody that's been affected by this, which is so many people because it's, you know, 11 dead, 18, 19 injured in hospital, critical, like fucking unheard of unreal around these parts and so good that they got this guy finally and fucking hopefully he gets exactly what he deserves and fucking i don't know he doesn't even deserve to go to jail this fucking kill him but it's wild that he had he had 59 had 59 fucking um convictions before this and that's our justice system in canada he just keeps getting fucking pushed around pushed out he had warrants out for his arrest and then something like this happens where a bunch of innocent people 59 59 59 five nine yeah good guy to let back out yeah exactly so i seen something on uh, shit it's all going to come forward here in the next couple days i'm sure like of what went on here but there's no fucking it's nuts it's absolutely insane and i know i was fucking locked and loaded and if anybody rolled into this yard there'd be asked questions later that your family you know you're killing random people the old farmer and weldon you know your family's first that's another fucked up thing within our system is who knows what happens to the person if he does come into your yard and you do something you know to take care of your family or to take care of your place then you're I'm the willing to roll the dice on fucking that. rights especially these days man and every these guys these criminals are getting away with all this stuff they're back out on the street like that guy 59 convictions and you still are allowed on the fucking street it's and- sad to think Everybody remembers the Freedom Convoy back in February. Even our American friends were all over the news there. That Tamara Lich, Leach, Leach. Yeah. Yeah. yeah she, how long has she been in jail yeah, over that? Yeah. yeah. And funny. this guy is out roaming around after 59 offenses. Yeah. Fucking insane, man. And <laughs> our, uh, there's been a couple of arrests in the last little while, but it's kind of crazy to think that. Um, some other people that we know got arrested within the day of of the bank robbery that went on. Yeah, no kidding. And this motherfucker was on the loose for like four or five days. It's just like a terrible, uneasy feeling. And you you think that with fucking Google Earth and all the different security <laughs> cameras and shit, like how the fuck can somebody like that be on the loose for that long? So I'm half fired up right now that they did finally catch the guy, just knowing that he's not fucking out there. But then it's kind of fucked up to think who is aiding and abetting him and helping him get around all these different places, but fuck it. It's, it's, it is, you know, with everything that's been going on, I do a hundred percent support people and tell people to, to make sure that you can fucking take care of yourself in this world. Yeah. Whether go get that your, means go fucking, get your pal. Yeah. Go get your pal. Yeah. And don't be afraid to have a shotgun beside that's, your bed. That's your fucking proof right there like yeah that, you know no you can't have this you can't do that because something bad could happen well that guy fucking rolls into your place on a killing spree you call the cops the cops aren't going to be able to get there right you got your family you got all that stuff around you better fucking be able to take care of yourself one way or another so that's yeah. the that's the exact fucking point of it right there in situations just like that where the cops, which there's a shortage of them in the first place, they ain't gonna fucking be there to take care of you. So 
be able to fucking take care of yourself because you'd rather be able to take care of your family than have to look back and think, oh shit, I wish I could have fucked up world. And then all this other shit. I don't know if everybody else gets them too, but the emergency alerts that go to your phones. And I don't know if this guy was fucking getting them too. Like that's kind of another fucked up thing. If like the bad guys, obviously they fucking get them too. Then there was a shooting and outside of spirit wood, there was a fucking truck stolen. Oh, there was just fucking. Yeah, I thought it was my alarm going Holy off. Fuck, this is the <laughs> only in the morning, Sunday yeah. morning. Don't even get God, text I wasn't in bed too emergency. early Saturday night either. I didn't really need that alarm. <laughs> yeah, it was absolutely fucked. But congrats to the to the cops for uh and the RCMP and everybody involved for actually getting this guy and catching him and the other one's dead and uh just a fucked up situation. That's just a wild world we're living in. But uh moral of it is thoughts and prayers with everybody at james cree everybody that's affected by this and um we're thinking about you and the second part of it is make sure that now that you know that you can take care of yourself because i've seen actually sean francis put a post on the internet be vigilant take care of yourself and don't think to yourself that could never happen to me you know that's yeah. what everybody thinks that wouldn't happen to me that would you know that that would never happen right well fuck look at the old farmer and Weldon. it could happen to you just like that so be vigilant and be ready, I guess, is the, the moral of it. But um, moving on. And on that, that note, we're having a gun sale at Tanner Burns Place <laughs> next Saturday at 5 o'clock. <laughs> I grew up fucking 100% being able to take care of myself. So uh, don't fucking come around here. I was kidding, Megan. So, yeah, <laughs> that's another good point by that, too. Uh, the team stuff, before we get too far away from it, a couple of things that come back into play jess lockwood after getting on some practice pulls injures himself again when he was trying to make his return tears his knee out looks like he's out like six months or some fucking thing so that sucks for for that guy did you see that yeah lemmy's out for carolina this weekend too i just read thanks to our man felisco of the tweet so he's out huge yeah that mvp race for Dalen, you know, there's a big prize up, I believe 50,000, I think, for MVP, which is just stack up your scores. You got to do to be the MVP. So, yeah, so that's kind of crazy, too. And you think about that, too, like with a guy like Leme and that team, the Austin Gamblers, like obviously the guy that's really carrying that team and the MVP of the league itself right now and the MVP of that team. So you're losing him and losing those rides on the weekend. It's so huge. I think that that's like a testament. Another thing I was going to bring up is like the the coaches and their picking choices. You notice how different coaches are going about things in different ways where they're picking different bulls for different guys. And I think that Gaffney has been really good at picking bulls for Leme that, that fit him, which is most every bull for a guy like Leme. Yeah, but you can get those yeah. big scores on him. But yeah. other, other coaches, I look at, um, you know, Missouri gets off to a great lead off a good start. And I'll, I'm obviously a little bit prone to them because I picked them as the team that I think is going to win this thing. Um, but then you look at their their team leader, which is Colt Fritzland, and the bulls that that he's getting are all the like the the Hard best. One. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like he's got the Undertaker this weekend. He had Preacher's Kid last weekend. Which yeah, you got to step up at the plate and pick those bulls. But it's a fucking it's a it's a picking system, right? Who did I so, pick again. You pick the gamblers. Yeah. Picking system, so you want to like you got to take your scores and stuff when you get them, right? So you could you have your guarantee of your say an 87, 88 point ride if you put Fritzlin on the right pull, and then you hope for the best with one of those other guys to step up to the plate and pick 
the ride when yeah. I started. You know, what, you know what else is interesting is who they're starting with. You know, yeah. they've been saving Lemme always to the end. Yeah. And, you know, where Kansas City has started with Dalton. Um, Gets your momentum Texas, rolling. Yeah. Really good to have JRB back. Like anything into yeah. his mitt. He rode two uh, last weekend, which was great to see. Um, really good to see. I hope everything works out for him. Obviously, it's going in the right direction. He wouldn't be competing. Yeah. I actually had a conversation with him um, prior to Austin. And uh, it was, yeah, I was one of the first calls when he got their ride he's you know so it's good i uh i've uh, i've really enjoyed watching it and like you said watching how the coach's strategy is yep. um i see blake smith's drawn in yep. for friday night yep. so Austin. yeah we'll have to get up to the lake and tune in with Lemay out, I think that, you know, moves a guy like Blake in, and then they can kind of use those, you know, Griffin and some of them other guys, like they say, to, to match different bulls, to fit different yeah. different guys, different-handed guys. So it's pretty cool to see those Blake and Griffin, though, down there and being right in the heat of this battle. It'd be kind of cool for them to look back on, too, when they're done as being part of this inaugural season, hopefully helping them get a fucking championship. Pretty cool. For them. And then uh, the biggest news probably is Cooper Davis comes off the injured reserve and is back for the Carolina Cowboys this weekend, which will be a huge boost for those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you're talking about, and then again, the coach picking your bolt for you. Yeah. You know, um, Carolina's bringing the heat here. Too. They're right there knocking on the door. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It is bull riding, though. We know how it goes. Yeah, you never know. But I think you forget about a guy like Cooper because he's been out so long, and then he's going to roll back in there and fucking do what Cooper Ride does, bulls. I think. Oh, Dude, yeah. Just do what Cooper does. Is right. Yeah, big big time. Yeah. So, yeah, be really good to see that. For the biggest moments, under the brightest lights, in the biggest situations, get hooked up. Hooked Up Enterprises is a creative partner for Western sports and beyond, providing customized arena wear for some of the most elite athletes. And state-of-the-art arena wrap display products for some of Western sports' most prestigious events. They're the official in-arena gear of the NFP podcast. Find out more at www.get-hookedup.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Stand up, stand out, and stay hooked. As well, when you order your stuff, use hashtag NFP. That is NFP for a discount on all your stuff. Make sure to use that. Those boys will hook you up. Uh, I don't know if you noticed or not there, Jason, but uh, my flashy new hooked up gear went flying through the air in Oak Tokes, Alberta, got scooped up. So uh, see that? Uh, the main story that I was bringing that up, not an old tire pump or a pat on the back, but I'll take it if you got it. But uh, I put that I put a video on Facebook and it fucking uh, I don't know how like the algorithms work. You know, like some of your videos, people could probably you know this too. Some of your videos get like I don't a couple don't. thousand <laughs> views or a couple hundred likes, and then all of a sudden some of them can blow up. Um, this one fucking went huge, got two hundred and some thousand oh counting and six hundred some shares. But it was kind of it was kind of like a it's kind of like um the good, the bad, and the ugly. Cause it's like, oh cool, it's fucking blowing up. Lots of people see it. But in reality of it mostly it just like went all over facebook and the people that seen it were a bunch of like animal rights people so if you look at oh them, really like, they're oh. cheering the on. oh yeah dude all the comments are like fuck that guy hope he fucking dies fucking bunch of shit fucking 
God, so, I yeah. have no idea. They should come actually save your life for you. Exactly. Fucking people. Figure it out. Um, other than that, well, we got to get to our interview with Justin Volts. We're actually going to record that right after we're done this. So we're going to hurry this up and uh, hopefully we can uh, get everybody back together here for one of the next ones. I think once we finally get on the road to these cup events, we'll all be together. So then we can really rip them out and do it all good. Me, you and Scott will be set then. The updates, I guess, uh, Jared and uh, Jordy watch. Jerry watch for the NFR. That's a, that's a big one to stay tuned on Jordy. They've been plucking away. They've been winning. Jordan Hansen is just outside. I think he's 20th looking, looking outside looking. Yeah, it should have. Well, since Ellensburg ended on Monday, not sure if these standings are current. Um, they might have to be audited. They're, they're rodeoing every day right now. Yeah. Um, I know Stetson's 20,000 away from breaking stages. He's an earnings record in bull run. Nice. He's already he's already broke the all around. Yeah, I've seen that learning record. Yeah, I didn't realize he was he was right there on uh, Sage, which he still got this. Well, he got the extreme There's gold a bunch finals. Of money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Pendleton Pendleton period. I think pays like fifteen to win. Yeah, twelve. I think, and then the PBR that used to be part in Pendleton is now an extreme bulls too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, I, I know the next Jordan, guy in so the all around race money. is $230,000. I'm not sure how they're going <laughs> to put out in Vegas all week long like they tried to do last year. Flint <laughs> said it best on his show. They might as well give him his buckle in August. Yeah. Oh, shit. The bull riding, our boy. Jared's like 14th or something, maybe. Here we go. Jared is 13th. 91,414. Now, I don't. I don't like I said, I don't know if this is updated from Monday yet. It's hard to follow. And and Jordan is 21st. So there's twenty thousand dollars separating Jordan and Jared. Yeah. So fifteenth hole. Yeah, Jordan needs to and Jordy last time he made it was all um what's the last Pialop? Is that the kind of the last the last yeah, there's where Jordy made it Jordy made it through there that, that one year, right? So never count that guy out. I know that might be a little bit lower down there, but that guy always finds a way, right? So, well, there. the guys that finished one, two, and three in the extremes at Ellensburg were all guys that needed to make a move, and yep. they made big move. Uh, yep. Maverick Potter moved right into fifth. Yeah, um, not he won bad. like twenty grand, so that would have moved him from basically out and in. Yeah, so he did what he needed to do. That's a good kid too. He's a fucking sweet guy. Yeah, it's gonna like take all of a hundred grand, I think, to get there. More. Yeah, 100 plus, right? So you're there right now. Usually it does, right? Well, Josh and Stetson kind of were getting greedy there at the start of the year. Even Jeff Haskins at 170. Yeah. Here's the other thing if Sage Kimsey is able to ride, he's going to make it. Hasn't been on a bull since. Is he going to be able to ride? I don't know. I have no idea, but they're not bumping him out. So we can really go to 16 right now. Yeah. Proctor, old buddy. Proctor's right there. He got fucking wiped out, though. Proctor's done. Is he out for the rest of the year? I imagine. Yeah, bust a bunch of ribs and lung and fucked him up. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, stomped him out pretty bad. Yeah, so thoughts and prayers with Proctor as well. Jesus, I forgot about that. Yeah, bad wreck I seen on the internet the other day. Oh, really? Yeah. What about Josh Frost? I didn't see him at Ellensburg. Is he wounded, too? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen any updates on 
on Joshua. He's uh that's always a guy to watch out for at the finals. Well, here's my issues. If anything's going on in the PBR, you can find in professional rodeo, you can't. You can't. Yeah, it's a little better with the Cowboy Channel, but still, fucking, I have no idea. Like, I, it's yeah, yeah pretty much impossible to follow. Yeah, right. There's so many different things going on too, right? There's guys at different events and all over the place. It's hard to fucking keep track of, but I've been trying to keep track of Jordy and and Jared, and then we got Zeke, obviously, and the rights and um, a few bunch of other Canadians too. We got Logan Hay gonna be at his first. Dawson's trying to get in there as well. Leighton Green, we'll have a good fucking um, Jerry Bueller, Canadian contingency at the NFR, which is pretty awesome. And Logan, one or two Hayes in there. Uh, well, Logan's in there after Calgary and and setting the record at the Hartgrass Bronc match there. Uh, he's in like, I think he's in the top 10. He, I think he's got it clinched. And then uh, Dawson's on the outside looking in, but right on the edge. And then he won Walla Walla. Yeah, you're right. Logan's in there. Yeah. Colby Wanchuk's in there. Yeah. Layton's in there. Dawson is 13th, he's but he's 13th, not. No. He, he yeah. needs to go. And Cole Oshbacher is 15th. Yep. Sweet. Yeah, ben exactly. Anderson's on the outside looking in at 19. So hopefully them guys get in there too. Man, I'll tell you what, that bronc riding is fucking like, awesome. Yeah. There is some. Yeah. I need to start getting into bronc get out of the bull run for a few years till we can. Yeah, there's lots of them going. They seem to do well. Just, See that hard grass bronc match looks good. Yeah. Okay, uh, other than that, as we go along, the American, they have moved to Globe Life Field. You see that? Yes, I did see that. What that's, was that all about? I have no idea, but that's fairly interesting. I think that's kind of cool. Uh, I'll see how that plays out. I think uh, did you went to the NFR when it was there, did you not? I didn't. I watched it, though. Yeah, look, that, was a great, that was a great NFR, actually. Yeah. It was really good there. They did a superb job. Didn't hurt. Our guys cleaned up too, though. But yeah. No, it was good. I watched every perk. I don't imagine it's Look very cheap to rent out Globe Life Field, but it probably could have something to do with costs. You know, yeah. AT&T Stadium, I know, is probably one of the most expensive places to... Probably a half stuff. million to turn on the lights there. Yeah, so that could have something to do with it. That's just what I think, but I have no idea what actually... the, the Yeah, Kaiki broke them last year. Kaiki took all your fucking money. Uh, another shout-out. Uh, your nephew, Weston Davidson, wins his first PBR Canada event. Got to give Weston a shout-out. Oh, yeah, he did. Uh, yeah, he did. Yeah, good to see. Good Better to win a couple more if he wants to be at Roger's place. <laughs> yeah he fucking better yeah so good for him uh our lacrosse team that we sponsored team saskatchewan uh, Barnaby boy yeah yeah big shout, shout out, out to them. cole yeah. yeah he sent a picture that was good austin's yeah. an avid lit his old man's an avid listener to the pod so congrats yep that's pretty badass see the old nfp podcast in the back of the jersey and i talked to the coach afterwards and um, explained what it meant <laughs> oh no he knew it's what he's a listener too yeah david Beckson, he's a good shit uh he's from pa here and he said it was uh, reached out said it was pretty cool to see the nfp on the back of his jersey and he said holy he didn't swear i don't think but it was like holy crap that kid's a beast <laughs> oh i'll tell you what well jackson and him grew up playing lacrosse together and yeah. austin always or whatever he must have liked with jackson because it wasn't his lacrosse skills i'll tell you that <laughs> anyway that kid is he's mean he yeah. deserves to have a hashtag nfp tattoo on him for sure 
yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't take uh yeah art. that's awesome good uh another uh, videos that did well uh the teenage dirtbag videos we haven't talked about those since we've been on uh on here but those are pretty uh entertaining yours and scott's i had lots of good feedback from people watching you guys with your sweet all right yeah and- i had a few comments too thanks for that uh, <laughs> I, I should have figured out i i glanced at scott's and I'm like who the who's this yeah. and then jackson's asking me for my asking me for old pictures yeah I never thought anything of it and i just kind of brushed him off and <laughs> and uh twilight twilight must have helped him out yeah i gotta give jackson and uh braden burn kudos on that they jackson found all your old pictures and braden found a bunch of good ones of scott so oh, that's good never forget where you came from boys mine was probably the worst holy fuck hair you guys Quite the hair dude, for sure fucking red and big but yeah all in good fun and then shout out clayton sellers he's out for the season uh after an injury sustained i don't know if it was last weekend or when it might have been but like it sounds like surgery and uh out for for the rest so that's a big blow to the missouri thunder I have to have guys like callum and and uh, some of them other guys that were on the outside step up and fill the spot for him but uh yeah heal up that guy we'll try to get clayton on the podcast here at some point too uh other than that i think we're set i know that uh things have been pretty hectic been pretty busy but uh like i say once the fall run kind of comes and hopefully things slow down a little bit we can get on here a little bit more all three of us back together and get rolling again and pump these up yeah, we're guys. not gonna get we're not gonna get too busy here in the next eight weeks <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna get fucking it's gonna be there straight back but we're fucking we're doing it we're still we're still bringing them yeah, out we're right? rolling yeah that's for the people, for the folks. So thank you, everybody, for understanding, listening, and tuning in. And with that, uh, we will roll to our interview with Justin Vaughn. This year, as a rookie, he hit the tour. And, I mean, he went went places in a hurry, won a lot of money. He uh, Last year in Rodeo Circuit, he won the 50000 Calgary Stampede. He came right on the Bill Fortell Series last year. He won Bonanza, Oklahoma City. He won the PBR at the Cheyenne Frontier at Avery. He's made two really good rides at this age. And it looks like he's starting to ride with a little bit of confidence. And, you know, that's important. That's critical for Justin Bowles. And Justin Bowles, look at the grit and determination on his face. Hustling, shuffling. And is he happy? High fives. A great ride for Justin Bowles. 91.5 for Justin Bowles. Unbelievable. Our guest today is the 2002 Canadian champion bow rider, stock contractor of the year, and two times winner of the bow of the year. A two-time Calgary Stampede champion. Most importantly, Father of four, an all-around good guy and cowboy from Marwayne, Alberta. It's Justin Volts. V, how are we doing today, man? Good, buddy. Good. How are you doing? Good. So good to uh, to have you on here. We met up the other weekend there at your uh, the bull riding that you guys put on in Marwayne. Great time, great event. And we were talking about this, how we had to make this happen. So it's good we finally got around to it. Yeah, funny what a few pops will do to a guy, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We figured life's problems out that night, and we're gonna fucking do it again right now. <laughs> yeah. So what's new? Where do we uh, where do we catch you at right now? What's going on in your life? I got a rare moment at home here right now, but uh, been busy selling drill bits and hauling kids around. Uh, I had my two oldest daughters are junior high rodeo now, and been doing that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Just work's busy, life's busy. Just keep it rolling. 
That would mean that would mean horses and saddles and truck and trailer, eh? If it's otters and junior rodeo. Oh yeah, it's way cheaper to raise a roughie. I've discovered than that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but it's been fun, you know. It, it, um, my how is that? Well, before you get going down the road, how is that being an old bull rider and the way you chased barrel racers back in the day? How does that make you feel as a father of a barrel racer? Like I thought barrel racers were crazy, so I didn't chase them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I stayed away as well. I did. I can honestly say that I did. I just I didn't want to be anywhere near a horse trailer. Thanks. Yeah, I bet you never fucking ended up in a horse trailer, either of you. <laughs> <laughs> just there's like this six or seven times. That was it. Over. <laughs> but it's, that's over twenty five years. That ain't bad. Yeah, that ain't too bad. Not too shabby. <laughs> Isn't it pretty crazy having uh uh like your boy? That's a good question. I feel like that I would like to ask the different guys. Is he into the rough stock side of things? He's kind of getting that age now. Is was that something that you try to steer him away from? Is that something that you're into? What's the feelings with as a former bull rider and uh, a young boy coming up in, in the game? Well, that I'm still figuring that out. Like uh we definitely did a piss poor job of steering him away from it because the year born uh is was 2015 and kind of the oil pads crashed that year so uh streeter and i we hauled some bulls down the mark ward and somewhere during that trip i decided i was going to start custom training bucking bulls and that summer we bucked like 1200 had a or had 1200 trips at home and steel was front row center at the at the fence for it all and my wife taped them also uh he's really been around bucking bulls and you know the whole lifestyle since the you know basically he took his first breath so I've done a poor job of steering him away from it but you know when I look back at my life and my career and the people I've met and you know the roads that's taken me down I wouldn't change a damn thing I'd do it all over again 100 percent I'd I might go about it a little different way every once in a while but I would I would damn sure do it all again we all would that's the best part of it though. we say we would but we'd be in the exact same fucking situations if we didn't yeah, that, was, that was our education oh absolutely yeah. like just you know 16 18 18 years old turn the kid loose and you know whether you head to southern bc or head to texas and you just figure life out you know and you meet great people along the way that help you out and you know i want my kids to experience that too like i know the world has changed now and the guy needs to be a little more careful but you know i think those life skills really you really help a person down the road oh yeah fucking right right it was crazy at the time to be like you say like fucking 15 or 16 years old and you're on your own i don't think that that would probably even happen anymore hockey players but they're still coached and under a team and whatnot but that's what taught you like all like just how to fend for yourself and how to live and eat yeah right it's the thing i wouldn't it's what it's hard at the time and seems fucking kind of crazy but now looking back at it it's like what made you shaped you into what you are now and the situations that you get into you can handle all the situations because you've been kind of through it all yeah, for sure. You know, and really, I think a good example is these last two years, you know, they put a guy to the test as, as far as I've been put to the test, I think. And I get, you know, you just, 
you learn to adapt on the fly and you bob and weave and you know try not to take a step backwards and just figure life out and keep going so i i would contribute you know the things we've been successful in you know going back to the early bull riding days when you just figure life out it's fun. It's fun too. <laughs> so, uh, so, so, is still riding now, or where's he? Uh, where's the boy at? Is he starting to get on some, or where's he at after all the bull stuff? He's been. Uh, he's gotten on a few calves here. Um, last summer was a tough summer. Uh, I had a couple tame beef calves, which I thought. So we ran them in the shoots and went to bucking them, and I had Jake Wilson here helping me and. Jake was supposed to tail them down so they didn't get to hopping too much. Well, <laughs> one red bastard blows out there. Both feet go by Jake's ears. The fucker steps on my ankle, pins me down. I slam steel to the ground. So <laughs> we, we we had a couple wrecks last year, but we got it buffed out now. I got some bottle calves here, and he's been getting on odd one. And anywhere we went where there's sheep riding, he's the first kid in line. Like, he gets on yeah. the sheep in the wild pony race and then he really enjoys it so yeah he he actually asked me tonight he said dad can i he's got a tame uh bottle calf a red one he calls red rock he said dad can i ride red rock this weekend i said yeah we'll get it sorted out so <laughs> we're getting back at her That's good. god knows we need some more of them bull riders yeah well you know we do yeah absolutely we do but uh I was very impressed last May at the Alberta Junior High Provincials. Like, shit, there was, I think there was 27 kids there. And there was four or five that were had qualified that were gone pro rodeo. And, like, the, the kids are there. We just have to look after them and, and bring them up the right way. And, uh, you know, I think this thing is, is going to be good. You know, we just got a little bit of a lull to work through here, so. And that's something yeah. that you've been pretty adamant with, right? V, like I know um, I was talking about when you guys are going to bring bulls to my events and you brought up that you have a set of like longhorn steers for, for like the junior guys, which nowadays, you know, mostly the juniors you see is like two-year-old, three-year-old bulls. And I think that's probably a lot of the aspects of why we don't have a lot of bull riders because we've wiped quite a few of them out. But is that something that, that, you know, you're going out and spending that money and you're feeding those, those steers and shit. Is that, you know, to build the confidence and try to build some guys back into the sport? Yeah, absolutely. Like Ty and I, we've, uh, we've talked about it lots and, you know, I think when they brought those Brahma cows into the steer riding, I think is, you know, that was the start of the end of our steer riders. I remember growing up, like, you know, everywhere we went, we got on longhorns or beef cattle. 70% of the kids made the whistle. Uh, nobody left hurt or mad. And kids come back. And we had 30, 40 entries at every rodeo or every event. And then from there, you know, like I grew up uh, up north. And like Clayton Moore was a prime example. Like that kid rode steers phenomenal. He rode junior bulls phenomenal. Like he was a hand. And then when he turned old enough you know he went to the times event and then he's dominated there too but you know everybody started in the steer riding and then went off to their own event and we've lost that i think and we need to get back to it and like rocky ross uh, has done an outstanding job in alberta junior high rodeo 
And Ty and I are trying to do that, you know, a little bit here around Marwain, a little bit around Staveley, like just introduce some kids and get them going and, and just start bringing the right cattle again. Like, uh, you know, these kids, they got to get the whistle, you know, you need a whistle to get hooked to this sport, you know, get some wins, get some confidence. And then, and the other side of it too, now, like as a parent, like I've watched Pinoca and Calgary when they buck those rank cows. There's not a fucking chance I would put my kid on those cows where, you know, these cattle that we're bucking and like, I'm trying to improve our pen, but you know, we have a few good ones, a few mediocre ones and a few poor ones, but you know, just a good solid pen and mediocre ones and let the kids, you know, the kids who come to spurn and come ride and win and the kids that don't, don't, but they'll get there, you know, and, and keep drawing kids out of the stands and keep drawing kids from school and, you know, you, as soon as you get one kid hooked, his buddy automatically wants to try it. So I think we need, we need to really focus on that and, and work on that end of it. Couldn't agree more. Yep. I got wiped out by some of them fucking Brammer cows. God damn. (laughs) bitches. I like the run up Poos fucking Poos Goofy. We haven't talked about Clayton Moore on this podcast for a long time. That's fucking badass. That's true though, right? Like you see lots of the guys on the roping end or the saddle bronc riding end, Zeke Thurston, Rod Hay, all those guys started in the steer riding and now they don't. They go right to roping or they go right to the, the horse riding yeah. events or any of it, right? Because it's like I ain't get fucking wiped out by a fucking cow like a bucking cow that i i'm not going to be able to be 85 fucking points in the first place you know right well so. no you know what though it's intimidating enough going when you're a kid like yeah. even in the amateurs i remember i still remember going to my first rodeo like it's not it's a frightening experience one you're gonna tie your hand to a farm animal and two you don't know anybody around you don't it's intimidating and then to see those grammar cows circling in the chutes and you know, they'd run your ass down, too. Like, they were yeah, them. as a bullfighter, I fucking attest to this even more now. Oh my god, <laughs> my wife done by more of those like, things. We never really well, we had Bobby Larson's cows back in yeah. the day, and there was a we you had to face that pen once in a while. And Barry Quam's little bulls, they they uh they actionated that actually, those rules kind of changed, I think, right after my first year, maybe in '88 or '89. And then it was they they did the junior bull ride. I guess so, which is good. I think LRA and Wild Rose did a great job of that. They always had junior bull riding, I think, at every rodeo, didn't they? Oh, so yeah. maybe the NRA rodeos as well. Like, that's what it should be. If the kids want to get on bulls and, like, it's not like there's a ton of rough stock guys anyway. Make another event for them. Find a $200 or $300 sponsored ad some money and, and have a junior bull riding and keep that steer riding to where the kids can learn. Like, you know, yeah. they can be comfortable getting on. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's got to be fun. It has to be fun. It has to be as safe as it can. You know, I'm not trying to raise a bunch of pussies here neither, but we have to get kids involved. And, you know, once they're involved, they'll take the next step. And wherever they end up is fine. Yeah. Is They're going to stay involved in the sport. And that's that's what we need to start, I believe. Yeah. Start working. I remember in Calgary with those cows, um, there's always a slack. Eh? You get on one in the slack and one in the perp. Forget how many they'd buck one morning, like 20 of them, maybe 30. I don't know how many kids got entered. But, oh, man. 
And you'd get entries at Calgary because everybody wanted to ride at Calgary. So it was yes. kids that had no but, fucking oh, ironed out, flattened out, crying, freaking broken arms. Yeah, it was a disaster every year. Yeah. I never really looked at it like that, but very good point. Yeah. That was just, they were done after that. They didn't have yeah, any fun. Back. Nope. Yeah. Especially a kid. Yeah, you smash your confidence out. They ain't fucking coming back. Getting smoked by a big defenseman in hockey or, you know, like exactly. a fucking novice kid playing against Bantam kids. You're going to get fucking wiped out, right? Um, you, V, have a little bit of a different story of getting into the sport. Speaking of the juniors and all that sort of stuff, we talked about Marway in Alberta, but that's not your birthplace, not where you came from. A little bit of a different intro into the sport than everybody else maybe that's been in it their whole lives uh fill us in on your kind of upbringing in the sport well i you know i guess i starting out um my dad rode bulls and bareback horses and i was i'm too or i was too young to remember it like i was probably two or three when he quit um but you know i looked through his photo album and when he'd get home from work he'd get on the floor and i'd strap a rope on him and he'd buck around there and i'd ride bulls but when i was five he bought me my first dirt bike and built a little track out in front of the house and you know i grew up on the dirt bike i grew up on the snow snow machine i grew up on the snowboard and it was just you know we we did those things every day you know and I think he, you know, kind of trying to steer me away from bull riding. Like, I don't think he wanted me to do it too much. So, um, I didn't get on my first, well, so I guess Dawson Creek had a little britches rodeo, uh, once a year. And from when I was eight till I was 11 or 12, I'd go there and I'd get on one calf a year. And that was kind of it. I'd go back down my dirt bike and way we went. And I kind of, you know, me and my buddies, we rode bikes every day and we had, pictures on the wall of all the best dirt bikers at the time and all these yeah. crazy tricks and we'd try the tricks and whatever you know and we'd dad would take me to races and i'd go to the motocross races and you know that was kind of the thing and then uh i guess i was about 14 or 15 um i heard daryl mills was having the bull riding school in fort st john and so me and my buddy victor my best buddy we uh, talked to my dad and we said, we want to go try this bull riding thing out. And dad said, no chance. He yeah. said, not a chance. I'm like, well, we want it. Like, what do we have to do to do this? And dad told us, he said, you guys work out every single day from now until that school comes. And when that school gets here, I'll decide if you can go. So me and Victor, we hit the treadmill and we hit the iron. and we <laughs> Yes. And like I was, you know, I was five foot eight, 140 pounds, benching 200 pounds and could do a hundred pushups and, you know, hundreds of sit-ups. And like, I was as fit as we could ever be. And I, about January or March, uh, my dad was hitting the treadmill heavy and was like bagged up sweater, like Rocky style. Like he's getting after it. And I was, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I've just got to get in shape. I, he said, I need to get in better shape. And so about a week out from the school, I asked dad, I said, look, like this school's right here. I said, I really want to go. Victor wants to go. We've been working our asses off. Dad says, yeah, sounds good. He says, how about the three of us go? And my dad signed up too. So, <laughs> Tom yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, Dad, he, he signed up for one last draw there, and we had the blast. Like, I don't oh, know, that's got, awesome. Uh, so you got on one? Dad got on, like, seven or eight. <laughs> no kidding. Yes. He got on this one bastard um, up there. I forget. Oh, they called the bull spade. And, like, he was just a nasty cocksucker. But Dad got on him on the Friday and just drilled him right on his forehead, piled him up. They ran him in Saturday, and Dad went over there. And whoever was going to get on him, Dad's like, no, I'm getting on this every day myself. <laughs> Piles again. Sunday, they roll that bowl in, and Dad's pretty stiff and sore, and there's some kid going to get on him, and Dad walks over. He's like, sorry, I got to take it away, and he tried him one more time. Didn't work out, but <laughs> yeah, he didn't have going back. Now we know where he gets it from. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it was, a, it was a really, really cool experience. Like, not many kids, you know, get the that to hang your rope beside your dad and and get to get on a few but right from the first one of that school on that friday like i was absolutely hooked like i loved it and just kept going from there were you skilled at it like were you at that school like did you or did you think that you were good or did you have confidence in it or like mills was like yeah you fucking got it kid or how was those first few no not really like it was just I don't know. It was just, I wasn't very good at it. So I was, you know, I wasn't anybody than the kid beside me and I just loved it. Like it was just, and I was calm. Like I'd get in the shoot and I was calm about it. Daryl would come up and you'd, you know, squeeze your knee and get your attention and talk to you. And I'd listen to everything he had to say. And then we'd pull my rope. I'd slide up and nod my head and I'd get my ass slammed and get up and Daryl talk to you and you go back and try it again. And it was just, I don't know. It was just that, rush like when you nod your head you know that's what the difference is between racing motocross and riding bulls is is when things get hairy on the dirt bike you can back off the throttle bull riding when you nod your head it's wide open and it's wide open till it's over and the part i i think that really drew me to it and then uh yeah like we just we kept working at it getting on and then mom and dad supported me like huge like they started a practice pen up there at the indoor arena. Dad bought an old set of shoots. And then we'd go to Dawson Creek to the sale barn and we'd buy beef pools and we'd bring them home and buck them. And when they didn't work, we'd trade them in for new ones. And we just, we did that like all the time, like a couple times a week. And, you know, it was just get on, get on, get on. And, you know, I never, at the start, I didn't have really any expectations. It was just get the whistle. And then, you get the whistle and then okay well let's get pay your ass they'll pay you so yeah. so do you you go over there and you go to the school then what's the progression then to like you say was it bcra or like what was the amateur association that you were at and then win there and then move to alberta or you know lots of times the bc kids like posbon and lots of those guys right they make a name for themselves in bc same as saskatchewan you kind of make a name for yourself in saskatchewan and then you want to go pro and that's mostly in alberta and which is where most of us all end up you know at all the biggest rodeos and all the stuff's in alberta so what's the progression from from that school and then to to finding yourself you know hitting that pro tour so uh I started out high school rodeoing and then NRA rodeo, and it was an amateur rodeo rodeo association back in the day. And uh, at the time when I started 
going. I was 15, so I could enter the steer riding and the bull riding. So I'd sign up at both, and uh, I did that for a few years, I guess. And in 99, I won a couple amateur titles, and uh, and then uh, they used to give you a semi-pro card if you had an amateur title. So I got that in 99, and spring of 2000 uh, so prior to that I guess I, I went to like three or four Daryl Mills's schools and then the spring of 2000 Gary Lafew came to Fort St. John and did a school and I was really intrigued by it like I you know I'm not built like Mills I'm not strong like Mills I didn't ride like Mills but I, I learned a lot from him but Gary just really got through to me and kind of fine-tuned a few things so after that three-day school, uh, I asked Gary if he had any more schools in Canada because I wanted to keep going. And he's like, well, no, I'm heading home, but I got a boot camp coming up. And he did these three-week boot camps. So we were entered up at Grand Prairie at uh, some bull riding there. So we went there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning. We pulled pin and drove to California, and I spent three-week views got on a shitload of bulls learned a lot you know and then come back to Canada and was on my semi-pro and it didn't take long to fill my card and then yeah we just kind of rolled from there went to you know we didn't have as many bull ridings back in the day but went to all the bull ridings I could get into and all the rodeos we could enter yeah was that was Gary's uh Gary's known a lot for like the mental aspect of the game as well. You know, as, as much as the, the physical aspect, was that something that you took from him too? Like that confidence thing? He was like, sometimes he's over the top with it a lot of the times, but it is good. Like that mental aspect. Did you take some of that from it too? Yeah. Like there was definitely some positive thinking stuff I took away from it. Um, <laughs> he meditated though. He did this morning <laughs> and, I'm right off the bat. I'm like, Gary, I don't meditate. He's like, yeah. I'm like, nah, I don't know. So we're in his living room and like, he's got a beautiful place up in the mountains. And I'm there with uh, Kenny Siemens, Dale Bala, Jeff Wallace, like four of us drove down there and we're sitting there and on the floor and looking around and Gary's telling us to do this shit. And I did it for about 32 seconds. And I got up and went outside and got on the buck and barrel and he comes out and he's like, where'd you go? I said, I told you that shit ain't for me. I come here to ride bulls, not fucking sit there and think about stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck, that's funny. You used to have those tapes too. Remember, like the hot man tapes? I think yep. and it was like, hey, remember those? Oh yeah, no, it was. Uh, you know, I I would recommend Gary to any kid coming up to go there for his boot camp. Like, I don't know if he still does them, but like it was the best thing ever. I got on. I don't know, 60, 70 bulls in three weeks. And, you know, just, you're just living it. Like yeah. you have no cell service. You have nothing. He's got a wall of VHS tapes, all old NFRs, PBRs, whatever, all the barrels you can do. And you just live, eat and breathe bull riding 24 hours a day for three weeks straight. And when you come out of there, you, you feel 10 foot tall and bulletproof. And, yeah. You know, I, th I think, like this i've always wanted to start one of those deals up here just financially and you know it just doesn't work yet but i still think one day a guy could get something rolling up here yeah okay it is like you say it's like 
boot camp. So it's like a hundred percent. It's all you're thinking about your fencing or whatever you're doing, but it's all bull riding. There's been Lostro, Sage Kimsey, uh, Reese Cates, you know, the list goes on and on of all the champions that have been a part of that place and done that same stuff. Right. The proof is right there. Yeah. Actually something really cool too, is uh, when they were there and Gary mentioned in the morning at breakfast, he's like, we got a special guest coming today. So we're like, Oh yeah. And, sort of didn't think much of it the other ropes were getting ready to ride and fucking look over and g-man strapping his rope to the fence he was struggling a little bit drove all the way out to gary's and got on some practice bulls and like we pulled his rope he pulled ours he was right there beside us and he, like that was uh, the coolest thing ever and then later in life when they got on tour like i automatically was drawn to that guy like he yeah. was such a a cool human and like rode so good and everything about him was good and yeah like so yeah i thought that was really cool like even you know even a past world champion needs to tune up every once in a while so i i remembered that my whole career yeah uh, and then that helps too when you get on tour and he's obviously made a name for himself up there and then you already have that kind of in with them it probably helps when you when you get to that place that's fucking oh for badass. sure yeah so you go back home, 99, you talk about going pro. So, you know, 2000 is probably the rookie year. 2002, you win the Canadian Championship. That happened fairly quick. Did it feel quick or does it feel like that was that was right where you needed to be, where you were at and you were going to win it that year? Uh, you know, I don't, I guess, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, I wanted to be a Canadian champion. I didn't say this is my year. Uh, you know, I just kind of took it the bull at the time and, kept rolling but then uh, you know that year I won Calgary that year and then things really got rolling after Calgary um one Cheyenne touring pro got on tour and then you know I ended up season leader in the CPRA that year and then rolled into the finals which was right after the PBR world finals so you just come off of getting off the best bulls in the world to get you know and their Canadian bulls were good but they're they're definitely not weren't there so things just seemed slower and you know not as intense and not as much pressure and you just flowed through the week and at the end of the week you know I was lucky enough to get it done and be crowned the champ but didn't really have expectations I just you know I just kind of one bull at a time type of thinking and you know let's smash this one and get on to the next kind of thing so 2002 was that you talk about Calgary? I bypassed that, but was that the you won it twice? Is it back to back? You won Calgary? Yes, I won it in 2002 and 2003. Yep. And which one was the Rock and one was Outlaw, right? Oh, two was the Rock. Oh, three was Outlaw. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and 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 it counted towards the Canadian standings, right? No, it didn't. That it was the next year it counted. So. Okay. Uh, Dancing won it the next year and smashed every record <laughs> there ever yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. So Calgary though, like that's um a huge, huge accomplishment. Most people's biggest accomplishment in life. That's you know the biggest rodeo in the world, some say. So uh walk us through the Stampede Championships. That's gotta be something that everybody asks you about. I know it's all over uh the YouTube video of The Rock and and then Outlaw was the bull that that nobody rode at that time, the big famous Calgary bull. Uh what stands out of like your biggest memories or the coolest memories about winning those Calgary Stampede titles, other than the check, obviously. Well, yeah, the check is obviously cool, but uh I you know, I don't know, just 
drinking Bud Lights with me. <laughs> well, yeah, you, Tom Baird. Tom Baird was my coach. I stayed at Tom and Sandy's both years. You know, I went win it and, the, you know, the whatever after the night before championship Sunday, I'd go to Tom and Sandy's and Sandy would cook a big steak and me and Tom would have a couple of Bud Lights in the back deck. And then I'd go downstairs and have a awesome sleep and show up Sunday and just felt awesome. You know, like you just, you knew you were going to do good and rolled in there and, you know, the first year uh, Tom called it sitting on his deck because we didn't have the draw yet. And uh, he told me, he said, I think you're going to have passport in the long round tomorrow and the rock and the short round, you're going to win it. And so about 10 o'clock that night, somebody phoned Tom and gave him the draw. And sure enough, I had passport. So oh, I'm like, shit. well, we're, we're halfway there. So uh i did i almost fucked him up too that i got on that bull and he beat me around the corner and it was just it was good he had such good timing because i gridded her out and i finally got back to the middle and both the time i did he grabbed the gear and slammed me on my head but i made the whistle and then uh they we went and drew our bulls for the four round and had the rock and i hadn't seen that bull in real life i just i watched him on tv two trips earlier in the week and i knew he was big and strong and it's kind of a scary looking thing and he was mean and so i just sat stayed underneath and drank some gatorade and i just you know kept telling myself i gotta get to the front i gotta get to the front of this bull and just stay there i can't let him get me back and you know it was kind of a bit wild and western and my free arm was whipping around and doing the old windmill but uh yeah, we ended up getting lucky there and getting him rode. And then uh, I guess in 03, I can't remember what I rode in the first round, but then I had Outlaw. And I, the day before, I had an interview from, I don't know, a girl from the Herald or something. And, you know, they had built Outlaw like he was this big badass. They won the, or they rung the New York Stock Exchange bell on him earlier that week. And, whatnot and and uh this girl asked me she's like looks like you're in pretty good shape to make championship sunday what's what are you gonna do if you get outlaw i said i'm gonna win it (laughs) you're pretty confident she said you're not scared i said no i said if i get that bull i'm gonna win it i said because it doesn't matter what he does he's they built him up to be such a big deal this week you cannot not win it like so then the next day comes and sure enough i get him and i'm just like holy <laughs> okay <laughs> time now boys yeah so uh yeah so you know he uh and i he didn't have his best day i think it was his fourth trip during the week and it was hot it was like 40 degrees behind the shoots and whatnot and he just he turned back and made one round and then he just went down the shoots was jumping you know four feet in air and just would roll one way and roll the other and somehow my hand stayed in it because uh there i have one picture from mike copeman and the only thing you can see is the bottom of my foot and my hand and my rope and then the next picture i'm back up on top and we rock and rolled across there you know and right when the whistle went he piled me and and then uh jw he was in the short round that year and he rode shiver and shake and made a good ride and he was plenty pissed that he didn't win it and i don't know if he should have or not but he uh anyway it i just told him i said i'm not the judge man i i did my job so was he like giving <laughs> it to you was he like fucking 
going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, he let oh, me Oh, motherfucker. He kept giving it to me. I'm like, fuck, man. I didn't judge it. I just got on. I just fuck cash the check, I just wrote the unrideable outlaw. Yeah. You just wait till I newspaper clippings when you rolled into town, man. You wait, wait 20 call. years until Chase gets you back for me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they did that was like before calgary had their their bow program too right like that they did they were yeah, going they for their horses nothing. they had no bulls and then that one came i can't remember who it came from but he was like oscar they, La Jolla and fucking outlaw that's all yeah, they had they blew him up right like you say oh, you they, knew that you were gonna win right they they blew it up so much for sure like in the unrideable but they forgot V, who wrote him that year in the slack or the year before in the slack was it uh scoob or some Josh O'Byrne or somebody had him like the year before and was like a 70 on him somewhere. Yeah, but they I can't remember how that went down, but yeah, he's been rode more than once. I know that. But uh but yeah. He just uh, had that big, big jump out of there. And sometimes he sometimes he'd turn at the gate though. Like he'd come to the latch and he was so heavy and steep you'd get guys right there you know right and you know i've watched that video a thousand times and he come at the latch there yeah. and i was in perfect position and i drove to the front and you know everything was good and when he jumped out of it everything went south like i just was scrambling and you know i was from the flank to my rope to one side to the other and whatever but i just i never let go like i'm just like i'm not fucking letting go i'm yeah that's good whistle no matter what and lucky enough i got it and and then you know even luckier i got the win but oh no, that's fucking awesome so you come to from bc uh the, that stuff happens right off the hop when uh when does the start traveling with uh austin beasley kelly armstrong i actually got a, a couple good ian mckay stories we'll get into here in a bit too yeah, but uh when does all this stuff kind of float around when did you guys all get together and, and start hitting the trail together and fucking dominating uh canadian and the u.s all over the place well so late like halfway through 2000 i moved down to ty streeters and uh and then i was traveling with ty ian mckay jason finkbeiner and yeah like we were things were good like we had a good truck we were you know we'd show up somewhere we'd take a lot of money and carry on and then uh i guess about 2002 after i won calgary and i was kind of starting to get into some of the bigger touring pros um i jumped in with kelly and austin and scott Claire, and we went to cheyenne and uh i was lucky enough to win cheyenne i had diamonds ghost and long round of all things like oh shit yeah i rolled in there and they just had the number beside my name and i'm like oh yeah cool and kelly's like you know that bull i'm like no i don't have a clue and he said that's diamonds ghost i'm like like the little diamonds ghost he's like fuck yeah he said you better hang on (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so uh yeah, it was 92 on him in the long round and then rode Holy Roller and the short round was 89 and a half and I win Cheyenne and that got me a buy into Oklahoma City. And then and, you won that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, but when I went there, so Kelly, he's kind of my travel agent slash whatever tour guide here now. So uh, 
I turned out of some rodeos up here to go to Oklahoma City at here to think I'm in. And I get there and it was like a promo deal. Like I had to place in the first round to progress to the next day. So anyway, I caught eighth hole. I caught last hole the first day and, uh, and then come back the next day and that gentleman Jack or something. And I win the second round and then in the short round that promised land and ended up getting by him and yeah, win Oklahoma city. And it was just like unbelievable. Like I just, it took a long time for that to soak in because it, that was my, uh, you know, from kind of once I turned pro, you know, the next step was getting on tour. And then the first event I went to, I was there. And uh, then it was just like, holy shit, like this is, this is really happening. And you were, the, you were the poster boy for the humps and horns poster back in the day. There used to be uh, the humps and horns tour, then the enterprise and then the Bud Light. Was it Bud Light cups? When it you was went? a Bud Light cup. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's so we had a, I'll, I'll never forget it because oh. you, you had that white 3D bull ride sticker on your vest and it popped bigger than shit. I got that poster hanging in my garage, the humps and horns. Oh, poster. yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're wearing I, your orange and your or, or kind of an orangey yellow and blue plaid. You like that shirt? It must have been your lucky shirt, because well, I've seen I win, that shirt on you a few times. I win Calgary, win Strathmore, and I win Oklahoma City all in that shirt. So yeah, yeah. it was a good <laughs> <laughs> the old rad shirt. Uh, yeah. uh, before sponsor shirts, hey, eh? the rad shirt. That's fucking yeah, awesome. Yeah. Bud Light cops, holy fuck! Yeah, that's lots of guys on here won't even know what that is. That's fucking badass, yeah. hey. Well, yeah. didn't you win like 14 grand in Cheyenne. Yeah, so about 15 there. And, and then, then 30 something in, in Oklahoma. No, I think 22 at Oklahoma City. Oh, that was it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then, so then I didn't realize this neither because I'm new to the scene. I'm new in tour while being a foreigner. They take 30% off. So they get my check at Cheyenne and it's like nine grand. And on the wall, it says 15. So I walk over to Doherty. I'm like, uh, I think we got a problem here. And he's like, what's that? I said, my check's supposed to be 15. And he's like, oh, that's the foreign ex- tax exchange yeah. something bullshit. I'm like, well, fuck, that sucks. And then I get back to Canada and the dollar was at like 60 cents. And I changed it over and it's back to 15 grand. I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's not too bad. <laughs> I'll take that. Did you ever fought did that year? You made enough did you file down there to try and get some money back no uh no i didn't i thought about it for a short time and then it's kind of like everything else in my life at that time it was just let's go ride some more bulls and dig <laughs> yeah, i'll just make more else. <laughs> uh that's good fucking and you kind of you glanced over it but you wrote promised land fucking cripple creek's promised land in that short uh, world famous bull uh what was that one like fucking tying on that thing what was he probably 2200 pounds world famous like i said was that was it before or after uh the accident with glenn was it was that before that or after after it was after yeah glenn uh i think it was uh spring of 2000 when glenn had his wreck and uh this was a no two so um you know <laughs> i watched that bull like a hundred times on tv and yeah. you know i I had him he'd be cool and then he runs in the suit and like his shoulders touch the pipes on both sides his back is as wide as your kitchen table and is rock hard 
like I hung my rope and I pulled it an inch and I was tight. And I'm like, Ooh, this one's for real. So <laughs> short rounder. <laughs> so, and it was cool when I got on him, you know, like, uh, BJ Cramps was there. Ruben Glensey was on tour, but BJ and Glenn traveled together and, and then Kelly and Glenn were good buddies. And I had all those guys on my shoots and when I was getting ready and, and uh, it was just, yeah, you know, I was, I was overconfident. Like I just knew I was going to stay on him and, you know, and promised land was towards the end of his day, but he was still had a good day and I was 91 on him. And yeah, like it was badass. like that, you know, it was, I think that was cooler to me than the actual getting a win there, like riding a bull like that, at that caliber at that time, you know? So, um, yeah, it, it was special for sure. And then I phoned home and told mom and dad, I said, yeah, I just won Oklahoma City. And mom was asking me what I rode and whatever. And I told her promised land and she just started crying because she knew that's the bull that uh, that uh, killed Glenn. So it's, uh, yeah, like it, it was it was special for sure. That's one of the, the specialer moments in my life for sure. Fuck, yeah, that's huge. I got uh when I was at your house when we figured life out there the other weekend I got a I stole that picture with my phone snapped a picture oh yeah so, yeah yeah I got that one that's badass and the shirt you guys are talking about I when you started yeah. talking about that that's the one that's freaking yeah. badass <laughs> uh, um uh I guess a little bit about so you you get in with um Streeter after the bull riding stuff and and then you guys start the wild hogs but you know Streeter being neighbors with the Keelys and you living with Streeter around that area at that time um don't want to get too into it or anything but the significance of Glenn and and you can see it now with his bull riding and with everybody that they, that you talk to about Glenn how much of an impact he had on people um was he like kind of the the veteran around you guys when you were the rookie coming in and and maybe just some memories of 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 Glenn and the impact that he had on you well so being I grew up in northern BC I you know I didn't know Glenn I didn't move down to Streeters until he had passed but uh one memory I do have of Glenn um in 1999 Strathmore had a team challenge bull riding it was kind of there was an amateur a semi-pro and a pro on that team and anyways I got invited down to go to that deal so I went down there and uh I kind of had this that out of line hunk of shit and hung off the side right to the whistle and fell off and I was pretty disappointed and I was back behind the shoots and both Glenn and Wade Joel come up to me and I didn't know them from a hole in the ground and they didn't know me. And they said, good try kid. He said, you just, you keep trying like that. It's going to work for you one day. And that's the only time I had ever talked to Glenn in my whole life. But uh, I remembered that. And, you know, I'd watched him on TV, like, you know, on Cody Snyder's bull bustings and the interviews and stuff. Like I just like tuned in and like took all that stuff to heart and remembered it. And, and then I got to, when I moved down the streeters, I got to meet uh, family and, you know, what a great bunch of people and the things they've done for the sport of bull riding is, you know, is phenomenal. Like I, th I think they, Glenn and the family have really brought bull riding a long ways in Canada. So. Oh, cool. Yeah. So going to the early 2000s, uh, you're in the McBride, Ross Coleman, Chris Shivers, heat of their careers. You're on tour. You just wrote Promised Land. 
what's the scene like around there? I know I've heard some good stories of of, and I know you like to to have yourself on Bud Light as well. So there had to have been some pretty uh pretty good times uh living on tour with a bunch of wildcats like that. Oh, for sure. Like I, uh, we uh we had a lot of fun. Absolutely. <laughs> Saturday nights more often turned into Sundays more than not. But uh but yeah, like we we did it upright. We'd go and we'd show up and do our business and those guys did their business way better than I did mine. But you know, I was I was there and you know, every once in a while I could get it done. And then we I think it was an O two or O three uh between Laughlin uh Bud Light Cup and Reno, uh Pendleton was on. So we drove up to Ross Coleman's parents' place and stayed there for a few days and and then went over to Pendleton and gall dang like it's it was a party like I've never been a part before and it just it didn't end from you know you'd take an hour nap and get up and Ross would be right there with two Bud Lights in your face and like oh let's go and, you know, <laughs> just keep rock but uh but yeah no I you know I that's one regret is I I wish that when I was on tour I would have stayed down more like we you know we were always gung-ho to come home because you you know you wanted to fit in whatever you could up here too because we had lots of good road use and lots of good bull riding so you wanted to make everything work but so I didn't spend a lot of time down there but the time we spent we had fun for sure I noticed I seen a YouTube video and it was you got bucked off, but it was the it was a Bud Light Cup, and then it happened to be the event that Shivers was getting on Little Yellow Jacket for a million dollars, and just to kind of set it up, it was a promotional deal within the PBR that they put up a million dollars, and if Chris Shivers rode Little Yellow Jacket that day, just had to make eight seconds, they were going to give him a million dollars. Um, so you were there. What was the what's the what's this fucking vibe? What's everybody thinking that day? Shivers, like what the how does that all that's unheard of? I you know, thinking about that now, it was probably had to be a crazy situation. Well, none of us had even seen money like that. Like there wasn't even a million dollar bonus for the world champion at that time. Yeah. So yeah, like Chad, however the PBR did it with Chad Berger and Lil Yellow Jacket, like they set it up there and um that was at Colorado Springs and like it that place was buzzing and you know like and everybody's like shivers is walking out of here with a million bucks like you know there's no way he's not gonna ride this bull and you know and so yeah i i got on and i tore my groin in the short round so i kind of watched it from the sports medicine there but you know you could see like the intensity on shivers face and i'm sitting there i'm like fuck we're gonna see a million dollar you know a millionaire shortly and little yellow jacket had the trip of his life and just dick slammed him just like oh didn't see that coming you know yeah, like quickly like, too hey wasn't it yeah. like two and a half or three seconds or something it was quick right it was there. quick yeah. it was seconds or something but uh yeah like it was it was just cool you know like that was in the spring of 03 i think and you know just to see that was when the money was starting to get big all of a sudden that's you know i think it was maybe that year they brought in the bonus for the world champion. And then um, I think the finals money went up a little bit, the average money and, you know, and, and then the endorsements are rolling in at that time too. Like the guys are getting, well, at that time, big endorsements. I know, you know, they're peanuts what some guys are getting nowadays, but, but yeah, it, yeah, for sure. 
Yeah. You talk about your groin and um, uh, that was that what ended up making you retire or what was on with that? I know you had a lot of groin issues throughout the, your career and you actually ended up getting them taken out, correct? Uh, I had my left one, the doctor taken out, but uh, that year I tore my right side and I tore a little like the ligament off the bone and I had the bone spur in there and I ended up healing up and I kind of babied it along and we got it healthy, but kind of in 2005, I guess I tore my left adductor right off and uh, that was kind of a bit of a shit show. Like it, it, every time I got on, it just kept tearing more and more and more and whatever. So I kind of took the rest of the year off and I went and seen sports medicine and wanted to get it removed. I had heard that Carson Legault had his removed. So it took a while. Like I had to see lots of doctors and like really convince them that this is what I wanted to do. Cause they wanted to reattach it. And I said, no, like if you reattach it, it's going to tear off. So if we take it out, I can't tear it. So I had to stand, you know, sign a stack of papers that was, you know, seemed like 300 papers deep and release all the reliability off of those guys and stuff. And, and then, so I think it was the spring of 2005, I had my surgery. They removed my groin muscle there. It was just in and out day surgery. A week later, I was back to work on the drilling rigs and, and then uh, about six weeks, I started getting on again and, it's uh when i went back it wasn't i went back too soon but uh you know i just i needed to strengthen all the muscles up in my hips and my legs and that surrounded that muscle so about june that year things got going and i started winning some money again and getting going and i just missed out on the finals that year and then yeah i guess you know things are kind of 06 was decent so 07 was pretty good year and then 07 I got piled and dislocated my shoulder and uh that was kind of that was a little kind of it like uh a lot of people don't know but I had some nerve damage in my shoulder at the when I did that and it spooked me because like I was hung around Kelly Armstrong lots when he got hurt and you know he, he his nerves never did come back so um fortunately you know mine did but i i took that happened in august um i rehabbed it and then i went to the cfr that year and i should have just turned out i rode like shit and was just sour on the whole thing and and then kind of you know i i took some time off and then i finally got surgery and come back from surgery I think it was in the summer of 2009 and like I was did everything right I followed every step I was rock hard feeling good and my brother-in-law Denton Edger went to hold some bulls over to his place and I got on four or five bulls one day and I just like fuck it I, you know and in the meantime I had had my first daughter Sutton was born and yeah. things changed there and I just I I'd always said my whole career if I was if I wasn't gonna give it everything I had, I shouldn't be doing it. And, you know, I realized that day that I was kind of, I wasn't ready to die for the sport anymore. Like yeah. and up until that time, you know, if I died in the arena, that probably that, you know, I wouldn't have been sad about it anyways. Like that's the way I thought. So yeah, when Satin was born and yeah, it just wasn't the same anymore. So I took a step back and then, uh, 
drunken trip to Mexico with Ty Streeter and come back as a contract. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, fucking phenomenal. Is that where the Wild Hogs was born in Mexico? It was born on the plane to Mexico because that's the movie that was on Wild Hogs. And yeah. shit. Uh, Ty's brother-in-law was well, Ty and Lucy's wedding. We went down for, but as Ty's brother-in-law, he's looking at us and there's like Ty and Ian and Greg McWilliams and myself, and he just kept calling us the Wild Hogs because we're kind of four retired yeah. riders, and yeah. you know that's where it was born. And after seven <laughs> days, it's the bases in the sun that stuck, and we just kept rolling with it when we got home. <laughs> oh yeah, that's cool. And then that turned into one of the most successful uh, stock contracting bull raising groups within Canada oh, of all time, right? You guys have won contractor of the year. You've had bull of the year a few times, had some great bulls, pound the alarm, hey, Jack, pound sand, bulls that have been all over the world. Um, it was, do you, do, do you put your, your stock contracting career right up there with your bull riding career or is it second career? So it's not as cool or what, what do you kind of put that in the, in the scenario of those two as? Uh, I like to think of them as, you know, pretty equal. Like, uh, Ty and I put a lot of work into this deal when we started rolling and, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time with our bulls and, you know, researched them and we've, you know, hired nutritionists and we've tried to do it right. And whether we have or not is to be determined, but, you know, we really put a lot of effort into it and, and when we, we have, you know, it's, it's been successful at times. So, um, yeah, you know, I think like all those awards, we really appreciate them because, you know, and anytime someone else wins it, we know they've earned it. Like there's, there's a lot more behind the scenes that people don't realize the stock contracting. That's for sure. Have you ever uh, tied a donkey to Ian McKay when he was asleep and a wreck may have occurred? We did, but fucking Schiffner tied me to that donkey first. Right. You got to fill us in on this one. <laughs> oh, I forget what year it was, but uh, we always went to Schiffner's to pick bulls for the CFR. Because uh, yeah. last rodeo of the year, so we'd go there, all the bull riders that could make it, and it was usually all of them would show up and we'd pick bulls and have a party and celebrate the year. and. And uh, I snuck out of the house, thought I was being sneaky, went to my Capri and had a sleep. And I woke up getting drug out of my bed by a miniature donkey. And I got halfway to the door and I got braced up and stopped. And Scott's whipping and spurring on this thing, trying to drag me out. So anyways, we got that shook loose. And so I thought, well, I can't end the night like that. I got to do this to somebody. So yeah, then we tied Ian up and drug him around the yard for a while. <laughs> Uh, that's awesome. What about one more Ian McKay? What I got that I like too is have you ever um have you ever tried to fart on his face and it turned out not to be a fart? <laughs> yes, I thought this one was coming. So uh, yeah, so this um all Austin Kelly. Jason and Ian McKay, they're all up in Armstrong, drove all night back to Streeters, and I didn't get set up rates for some reason, so I just stayed home. And so six o'clock in the morning, I jump out of bed, gonna wake everybody up. We're heading to Belton, Texas, and uh, I run out the living room there, and Austin's sleeping on the love seat, and his feet are over one end, and his head's over the other, with his mouth wide open. So I thought I'd fart in his mouth to uh, 
wake him up and I ended up sharting there and <laughs> yeah the time I got in the bathroom Ian was bent over putting some pH on his hemorrhoids and that shit running down my leg it was it was a wreck <laughs> <laughs> yeah from the words of it uh that you got mad that you couldn't get into the bathroom so you fucking had to kick the door down and then Ian was sitting there taking care of his hemorrhoid when he opened the door <laughs> I don't mind that what about Austin and Kelly? That's kind of a Jason. You're that era too. Us coming up after. I always remember sitting in the, you know, the bull ridings when I was like a steer rider, which I probably shouldn't have been in those rooms anyway. But um, you know, there was always the stories, and it was like Austin and Kelly and what they were up to and all the different stuff that went on within them. But they were always the talk of the town. I think it was because they were the the you know the top guys of that time what was it like traveling with those guys what were they like as as bull riders and then maybe outside of the arena as well oh they're ignorant, ignorant grumpy little pricks all the time <laughs> they got way better as they got older austin did anyway but i didn't i had, i did travel a little bit with, with uh lived with austin a little bit weekend a week i didn't travel the extent obviously because i was in one spot he, he was right between them for a while those guys were awesome. I thought like you, when you got in the truck, when you put it in drive, you were going somewhere and you're going to win first, second and third. And that's just the way they thought they didn't think anything less. Um, you know, Kelly was, I think more of a driving force on the, the winning side. Um, not saying Austin wasn't competitive, but you know, he Kelly's determination, I think yeah. is, you know, far away, uh, maybe a, any other bull rider that I've seen, like, uh, or have even since, I don't know if it's even matched. I no, really, uh, you know, our kids high rodeo together and it, he's still like that. Like, it's like, we're going to win today. And then when we're done that, we're going to win whatever's left to win. And, you know, and I, I love that about the, him and traveling with him and, and Austin too. Like he was, he was a winner and, but Austin had, you know, more fun doing it. I would say like, you know, we, we had a lot of fun and, you know, we, uh, well, we, we rented that VJ V plane one weekend and that's when Twyla and Sherry. Yeah. We flew down the belt, Texas and like, um Kelly and Austin made short round and Kelly was 92 and Austin was 93 and you know I I got bucked off in-law right at the whistle and like you know they come out of there happy that they won but disgusted that I didn't you know kind of thing and you made sure you showed up the next time because you didn't want to go through that again you just, got, you just got some stitches in your forehead didn't you or should have got stitches in your forehead yeah. I might have a picture just around the corner of that actually. Yeah, you did that <laughs> a few years back. And I'd hope I'd like to hope that you keep that under wraps, but if not, it, it was funny anyways. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm just talking about the picture with the stitches or the butterfly. Oh. I'll keep the skirt one to myself. <laughs> yeah. So we get on that plane and uh I the paramedics just have a turban on me there, got me wrapped up and we're supposed to be flying to Morris and we get up in the air and Flyboy Pat there. He says, Hey boys, we got to fly right over Vegas. What do you think? And we're like, take this fucker down. So we went down landed in Vegas for the night and 
<laughs> so we get gold gold coast there and uh we go to the whether the little store in there and we find a few little tape and some band-aids and boys get me taped up and we go hit the tables through the night and have some fun and then we get back on the plane the next morning and i'm just leaking like it's just the whiskey sweats are coming out and the tape's not sticking and so twyla she gets me all dried off there and butterfly tapes my stick or my cut back up and we get in there and everybody's like we're not going to morris we're turning out i said bullshit i said i'm going to morris i haven't won any money yet we're going to morris i'm gonna win some money and they're like, no, no, let's go home. Turn out of Morris. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. So they had already turned out and I refused to turn out. So we flew to Morris and <laughs> I had the little bull of Roddy's called Down Under. And uh, he wasn't known to be a very good bull at all and showed up there that day. And he had the trip of his life. I was 86. And I win Morris. I win all the day money and I win some ground money. And I let them bricks have it on the way home because they all turned out before we got there. <laughs> Bye too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh well, this has been fun, man. Um, I got yeah, a bunch more stuff, and uh it's just pretty fun, like coming from me, I guess, as a guy that looked up to you growing up and stuff, and then seeing guys like you and Kelly and you know, not just staying in Canada, but heading south and, and winning at the highest levels and all that stuff. You guys are always the guys that I looked up to. So it's been fun now during my career to talk to you and, and kind of just learn and the mindset that you have. I think anybody that's listening can see that, right. It's a little bit hard headed, but it's to the point. And just like that story, I'm not fucking turning out. I haven't won any money yet. Right. Like most of us be like, fuck that. We're not going to fucking Morris. I was telling Tanner, I was telling Tanner about uh, when PBR Canada started and there was a rule about drinking in the locker room or beer. I can't remember what it was. We were in Saskatoon and you, you come storming into the office. Austin was running PBR Canada at the time. You come storming in with a Bud Light and guzzled it and crushed the can and set it off the desk and turned around. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think. I think that you yelled something. Well, that's what I think your fucking rule. And walked out of the dressing room. Well, we could do it at the Built Ford Tufts or whatever, you know, at the highest levels. I thought there's no reason we can't do it in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh, I'll never forget that. Gets your mind right. Oh, that's cool. Our infamous question that we ask everybody on the pod that we got to get uh, got to get your answer to. Hashtag NFP. We know what it means to us, but what does it mean to you? Yeah, I don't, you know, I've... I've thought about this lots and, uh, you know, I've heard a lot of the other guys' answers and there's not a wrong one, but I guess what I've come up to is, you know, commit and conquer. If, if you commit to doing something, you know, don't quit till you're done it until you do it right. And, you know, I, you know, I don't always get it right, but it's not from lack of trying. I know that. And so that's kind of what I think about that. Commit and conquer. I like it. It'll be another one for the t-shirt. Hashtag commit and conquer, motherfucker. <laughs> cool. Um, V, we always ask everybody, is there anything, anything that we left out or anything that you missed um, or we missed that you wanted to talk about? You know, I, I, I there's some people I'd like to thank for, you know, wild hogs like Ty Streeter. He's really running the ship here this year and making things work. And we have some great partners, Corey Schmelnick and Austin Hall Tractor Land and, 
just like to give a shout out to those guys, you know, without those people, you know, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. And so, so yeah. And, uh, you know, a huge thank you to you guys too. And JD and everybody, if you know, for what you guys do to promote our sport and, you know, to keep bull riders working and keep us contractors working. Like we appreciate it all. So, so yeah. Thanks, Thanks, pal. Oh yeah. That's good. Thanks, bro. Now, um, have you blue 42 anybody lately or is that, is that, right after i asked terry cook if he tripped and fell in a bucket of black paint because it's just freshly dyed his hair and then i blew 42 you and i think i've retired since then so <laughs> oh fuck i love it yeah i remember being like where did this happen in marwayne or what calgary calgary <laughs> right on the river walk there i was getting we we're just i we had bulls there and me and Kelsey were walking the river and just went for a visit and I was getting full and yeah, things just escalated pretty quick. <laughs> that was, that was, I was like 18, I think 18 uh, and 19. Yeah. I was like, yes, yeah. I made it I'm with the group and then just fucking blue 42. Bang, bang. Here I go. <laughs> but look at us now. <laughs> so that's cool. So I know that um, you got wild hogs North, you got wild hogs, um south you got rid of most of the cows around your place and stuff but you're obviously still still wild hogs still involved bringing bulls you'll be at edmonton all that sort of stuff yeah absolutely uh jerry solly bought our cows and uh but we have a commitment with with him we buy the bull cows back and it's worked really well um for us and for him i believe and then yeah so we're still raising buck and bulls to say you know uh growing them up and bucking them and uh yeah we'll be in edmonton but uh yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. I'm glad to see these cups coming on, and hopefully the guys are going to show up and you know, like start seeing some 90s hitting the board again. Okay, yeah. it's really back in the game. You're one bull less now, huh? Yeah, I wasn't sure if I was going to bring that up, but yeah, Ted, uh, Ted is heading south, uh, getting on Blake Sharp's truck, and uh, he signed up at the Navy BI here on the 18th, and I hope he goes and kicks their ass and wins the money and and keeps rolling so it uh you know blake it looks like he does a really good job and and i think that bull sued him he'll look good down there like you know yeah. it's uh, oh, yeah. best that's that's one of the better bulls that i've ever flanked that's for sure fucking right so i didn't know that breaking news cool broke yeah. right here on the nfp podcast yeah, Corey called me last week and asked me what i thought and i said that's a where he belongs. Oh you yeah, can that's buy a, a lot of buckles for that kind of money. You don't need to keep them here. I almost you don't even know if you get anybody to get on them. That's the problem. Well, he's went. Uh, he's he's been to every event with that we went to, and they haven't picked him. So, you know, the ratings kind of on the wall, yeah. like it. But these guys are sore and beat up, and there's a lot of events and the rank bulls, and you know, there's just a lot of shit going on. I get it, but it. Uh, it just you, you can't let a bull like that sit on the shelf and idle. He's got to go and yeah. play, take him, and I hope he does good for him. beauty. That's good. Well, I thought you were talking about Pound Sand. Are you retired? Is he getting retired too? Yeah, he's retired. I think Stavely was his last go. He had a good trip, but uh, you know he's nine. Uh, that bull's done us good. Like he's been from coast to coast and been to Vegas a few times, and you know he doesn't know us a thing, but. It's funny though, like when we load up to go and uh, he stands by the gate and Beller's like it's he wants on the truck, but oh, we're gonna have to bring him one more time then give him a yeah. send off. 
yeah, maybe, yeah, for sure. I'd like to bring him to Edmonton if nothing else, you know, but uh, I think he's earned it, you know, like he, and that's, I've always said that about him is he was never the best bull, but he was always as consistent. He's never let a guy down, you know, like they've I won. Mean, I, I would imagine Dakota Butter sitting in number two spot right now or wherever he is at by the time we get to Edmonton, he wouldn't mind having his name inside him. One. Oh, for sure. I don't think I want to run <laughs> Daylin anymore. It's old ribs handle that. <laughs> Kick loose, Daylin. Uh, you guys should be able to pick the riders for round two. <laughs> <laughs> I think that. I bet you would. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, take that. There would be eight guys heading to the sport medicine room looking for some ice <laughs> or some tape or something. For sure. uh, there might be eight rich guys heading to the pay window, too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, get your yeah, get your head out of the way. Let that guy pick him for you. Then you win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like oh. uh, McBride did with Lambert. Let Lambert pick him, and he just stomped him and won. So yeah, yeah. Obviously, somebody else has confidence. You need to ride him. You should too. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, V man. This has been freaking wicked. And maybe uh, Edmonton or one of these ones will do a live one because I got quite a few more, uh, a few oh. more in the bank here. Some good more oh, stories we- I'll have to get to. Get Streeter involved too. You'll be a- <laughs> yeah, six Bud Lights and Streeter and all of us will have a good one. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay, cool. Well, like I said, I appreciate you big time uh joining us on here. Thanks for everything you did throughout your career, the buck and bull side of things. Obviously, too, a lot of your bulls won a lot of money on too, and all the guys I know appreciate what you guys put into the bull side of things too to make sure that we always have the best bulls to get on. So Look forward to hanging out with you again here pretty soon. And thanks for joining us on the NFP podcast. You bet. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. This has been our interview with Justin. I'm here to play for blood boys and I'll be here till the end. For I am the bravest bullfighter that ever dared pen. Yes, I am the bravest bullfighter that ever dared I've tied one on tonight And I'm mean enough to fight I'm looking for the world to disagree So sound the trumpets, folks And grab your lances, friend For I am the bravest bullfighter That ever dared to pen Yes, I am the bravest bullfighter that ever dared